Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. This week, we welcome Katiba Alolefi, our tech correspondent, and I've just learned this, self-described scam expert. And <laughs> since we can probably agree at this point that the internet itself is a scam or could be a scam or contains many elements of a scam, it's time for a conversation about the intersection of swindling and technology. Katiba, welcome. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure when we have you on, a joy for me, and I love to talk about scams. <laughs> from the early days of the internet, you know, when we were getting emails from people who were claiming to be uh, sons of royalty, you know, that, that <laughs> seems like eons ago, but we're still falling for sim- similar scams. Um, but it, you mentioned, and this is something I think that was a, a topic of conversation a while ago when the HBO documentary first came out, but this woman, Caroline Calloway, uh, and her startup Theranos, uh, which we actually never no, discussed no. on the show, even though wait, 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 no, 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 wrong name, wrong name, wrong name, right? Katiba? Yeah, wrong name, right? It was like a oh, Elizabeth <laughs> mixed up, man. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, Caroline Calloway is a different person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh. Who? Elizabeth, wait, wait. Oh yeah, Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth oh, yeah. Holmes. Wait, so Caroline Calloway then? She had this Instagram that uh, she became an influencer from, but it turns out it wasn't her own work. It was like I had a ghostwriter kind of for Instagram. Oh, okay. and she and now she's like flaunting that she's a scam. Uh, it's a complete shit show. Oh, I think I read that on BuzzFeed once upon a time. That sounds familiar. That makes yeah. more sense because my notes were all crammed together. <laughs> so thanks for catching that. That's why we pay you the big bucks, Eming. <laughs> oh, yeah. All the money. Big, big zero. When am I getting that check, by the way? I'm sending you that check for zero dollars any day now. Mm. It's in the mail. Right. Great. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. Go ahead. All right. Uh, so, Katiba, I know you mentioned uh, in our conversations when we were planning this show, wanting to revisit the Theranos scam and this woman, Elizabeth Holmes, obviously a big point of conversation some time ago when the HBO documentary came out. We never discussed it here, uh, although I was very intrigued um, and you felt like it was worth revisiting. So talk to me where I, I know you work in the tech industry. I know you're in the, the part of the world and the part of the country where this stuff is happening. Uh, what was particularly intriguing to you about uh, Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes story? And what, what do you want to revisit with us? Um, I just think it's fascinating, like literally how far she got and the kind of funding that she got by simply knowing people by being charismatic and honestly, by being a woman, by getting as far as she did, right? And and of course she knew like, oh my God, somebody, uh, someone Kissinger, uh, Secretary of the State, and she had her Stanford connections. And you know, her one of her professors was like, this is a bad idea. Like you don't have good ideas and like you shouldn't go forward because it doesn't make sense. Like we just don't have technology for it. And then she wanted to do like a vaccine that came in like a patch, like similar like birth control patches. And they mm-hmm. were like, literally doesn't make any sense (laughs) like it just doesn't work that way and she's just the kind of person who's just like if you don't agree with her then she'll just go to somewhere someone else who will and i'm like you're in the top university and you're doing amazing and it's just like how like i'm just i I just i'm boggled at how all this happened 
right? And obviously the documentary can explain it, but I'm just like, what about the people themselves? Like at what point did anyone just be like, wait, this is not making any sense because <laughs> a lot of people got hurt and it's not okay. And right. I think she'll be fine. I mean, you know, a lot of people would make the argument that like uh, what she did was, you know, it's persistence, right? If you go to one place and they say no, then you go to the next place. I guess it's very different if you don't have an actual plan to deliver on your promises. Yeah, That's, and that's got what I kept thinking when I heard her story. I was like, isn't there an element of panic when you like know that this thing isn't real and you're selling it everywhere? It's like, um, either you guys ever seen The Music Man, one of my favorite musicals? <laughs> I assume you're going to say no. It's very old and it's very campy. Um, But it's a guy whose scam is that he goes town to town and he, uh, you know, gets the town very, very nervous about the future of their youth. He's like, oh, these boys are going to get corrupted. They need something positive to do. And and I'll tell you what they should do. They should start a boys band. So then he sells, you know, he collects checks and money for to buy musical instruments and to buy uniforms so they can start a boys band and get these kids on the right track. And then he just skips town with the money. Right. That was his. And then he went, goes to the next town and does the same thing. So there are right. some shades of that here. But I would just think, you know, when the music man was set was a time when uh, uh, somebody so, so shows up into town and disappears. You're just never going to see him again. Uh, but obviously that's not possible in the 21st century. And I thought, what element of panic must she have had while she was you know, making promises she knew she couldn't deliver on, collecting money for something that wasn't possible. Uh, I, you know, and I thought the same thing, you know, like Bernie Madoff, anybody who's involved in a scam like that, I, it's like, I don't think about the ethics or morality, although I do think about the ethics or morality. I just think about the personal panic, you know? Yep. I mean, I, yep, yep. That, that was my piece. Although I guess there's so, so much of that is built into, um, you know, like the way that venture capital is raised and how startups work, where you do kind of like an over-promising thing up front. You have to be a visionary. And sometimes people are such visionaries that they're making promises they can't deliver on. And she just took that to the extreme. But that was that was the element of the story I was interested in. Um, but you do, do you encounter elements of this culture just kind of like working in tech? Do you see hints uh, or shadows or warnings of this kind of scamming going on uh, on on a lesser scale, Katiwa? I feel like to some extent, sometimes we'll hear about products and it'll just seem like another version of another product and another product. And so that's not necessarily a scam, but I'm always wondering like, who are, who are these investors that are now, you know, investing in like the second version of Uber and the third version of Uber. And like, well, that's great. You want to have more competition in the marketplace. It's like, what are they doing differently? Like, won't they all just become the same? And at some point, you know, or just get bought out by another company, right? So it's like, okay, um, there's always a little bit of like over-promising that you do. But with this one, what pissed me off was like, she was handling people's blood, right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't just like, a, oh, download my app and get some Bitcoin. It was like, people genuinely were excited to figure out all the diseases and illnesses they could have and the fact that it was promised to be so convenient and easy. And it's like, you don't do that with people's like emotions like that. Like, yeah. right. Like I can decide if I want to download an app or take the next version of Lyft or whatever. But if I'm like really desperate and I think that this might help me figure out if I have cancer or whatever disease I'm worried about, like, and then sometimes uh, what is it? it? It would tell them that they, they did. 
and it was wrong. So a false positive or that they yeah. didn't and they were sick. And it's just like, holy sh-. And she just kept running with it and was hoping that it would work out. And then like Walgreens partnered up with her. Like it was becoming available in like certain Walgreens. And it's like, folks, like obviously like rich people aren't going to Walgreens. So it's like, I don't know. I just feel like it attacked like that's for me, I'm sure. <laughs> like, I don't know which billionaire is going to Walgreens. So I'm just like, that's messed up. And it's like, think about it. Like our parents could fall prey to this. Right. And, yeah. and she had such marketing and like the sleek look. And there was like articles and press releases and all this attention. She met Obama. She went to the white. And it's like, all these other factors gave her so much credibility that like, how could you not believe that what she was doing was right? Yeah. And it was going to change the world. I mean, it, some of it has elements of another famous scam tech scam that showed up in a documentary last year. Uh, you know, one of my favorite documentaries of all time, the Firefest. I guess there were two of them. I watched them both. Uh, and I loved them both, mm-hmm. but I mean, there was a lot of takeaway there. But one of the things that stuck with me is that it's so easy to promise something uh, through the aesthetics of technology. You know what I mean? Like, and mm-hmm. and word of mouth, like those promo videos that they made, like those were beautiful, right? It looked like, you know, I was convinced was like, this is going to be tight, you know, even though I knew what actually happened. And I think, you know, it, it wasn't always possible to have access to that level of like legitimacy and sheen. I guess, before these tech tools were available for everybody, aesthetic tech tools. Um, And I know Mm -hmm. her, you know, her scam was not tied implicitly uh, to aesthetics. And that's a different thing. But it does feel like it's a little bit easier to put one over on people when you can make something look so beautiful. You know? Yeah. You can design. I'm kidding. Yeah. Yep. So what role? And it's just like, and it's, was backing her up that was the issue who was backing her up right um harry henry kissinger secretary of state i know he and and he like believed in her and everything and like and then she also used the whole thing like you know she uses like whole woman card like like you know women can make it and everything and it's like well don't i don't know like don't use your gender yeah for, for like this purpose like it's like like we said in politics like if you're not good at politics like don't try to make it seem like you have to break the glass ceiling it's not you your passion right? right um and it was just like so i don't know and she just had like backings from everywhere um and just like like big people yeah. you know like really big names and also she like had a fake voice the whole time and it's like oh my god that was weird (laughs) that was the weirdest part watching her talk was like why are you doing that (laughs) i didn't know that she talked like that later right only when she was in court right well eaming you you mentioned when we were talking about this earlier that there's like another element for you which is like how far can like like her personal aesthetics Right. Mm-hmm. You, right. you felt like that played a part, just like just how she looked. Right. Well, I mean, she, she's like this cute white female there. That alone just elicits all sorts of stuff. And then, you know, yeah. you you sort of t- talk and you walk, you talk the talk and you walk the walk and you get people into it because 
A, they believe in what you're saying, but two, you know, how you look, you know, I can see you doing this, <laughs> that situation. So, no, like, it makes sense. Like, yeah. What, Katiba? She really leaned into privilege. She really leaned in into, like, how she's viewed in society. And, like, yeah. low-key, that's the biggest scam, that how right. you look, and you look <laughs> this tall white woman with blue eyes, right. and, like, went to Stanford and came from like you really can get away with scamming like hundreds of millions of dollars and i'm like damn like I, and and it's like it's like you can get away with like not really knowing what you're doing because you're just automatically believed and other genuine inventors have to prove themselves 10 times mm-hmm. over and maybe get something maybe yeah yeah i'm interested uh katiba in your uh, your personal interest and expertise on scams you did say that right Eming told me this so it's secondhand information but you did say that you yeah. were the, the scam expert how did you how did you become a self-defined scam expert what's your interest in this field um so i started with one of my friends sending me um like an article from the cut i don't know if you guys read it but like they just have like almost like journalistic expertise in scams and they just write out the whole story of how like this one Harvard professor (laughs) it was funny this Harvard professor of logic I think that's what his thing was it was just like ironic because like he got he got into a paternity scam um and it was just and he lost his whole life and his credibility and everything because he got in so deep and lost his family and his house and everything. I got to find it. But it was just like the longest article. And I'm like a huge fan of really long, well-written articles that like tell a story from the beginning to end. And I remember I spent like 30 minutes at work throughout the day, just reading bits and pieces. Um, And then like, and like having a discussion with after, because like every part was insane. I think I like scams because it's like not cut. They're not like um, straightforward. It's just there's always so much background and there's like little bits and tangents and like it's like it feels like a whole movie. But yeah, it's just um it is there's just so many different parts. And then you think to yourself, I would never be that dumb. What the hell? I would never like lose everything like yeah. that. And, and and then you just read and it's just so compelling. And I think as human beings, we do like to hear about how pe- like people's downfalls, like it's it's not just me okay like there's a whole genre of this stuff but i just i like i'm i'm proud you're of right, that I, you're right we love learning about like how it all fell apart and it is so interesting to see from the start and how they picked it up and then they get sloppy and then it snowballs and then somehow yeah. it, it becomes okay and then it does and, and i'm just like oh my god so if that just comes from the fact that i i also love to read books that have twists and turns and an ending that I didn't expect. So it all comes together. Scams are more interesting because it's not like a spy movie thriller book that I've read that I can't relate to. It's like, this is real life shit. And, and, and it's, and it's like a lot more modern now. And I guess the cut maybe does like a really good job of writing it because the Caroline Calloway one, the paternity test fraud, but the Harvard professors on there. And they also wrote about it wrote about the Ranos um, as well. And I'm just like, y'all have found a niche and I am a huge fan and I love it. And I will keep reading. So tell me, tell me about Caroline Calloway then, because that was going to be my next question. This yeah. was another specific interest of yours. Yeah, so she had this like 
Instagram that had um, like thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers. And in reality, she never actually wrote and posted her um, her own stuff. This girl named Natalie was like her ghostwriter. And like, that's insane because usually people who are influencers are actually their own person, right? Like only does it mean later then they have like someone to run their brand for them. But from the it was never you and then also like this girl's an idiot like you stayed with this person for like seven years and like was her ghostwriter for so long and you and she like basically didn't have her own life and i'm just like so so like the scammers are always like very interesting to me is that a scam though like i mean i feel like most celebrities at the very least it's not very honest i don't know i feel like a lot of um you know, famous people's social media is managed by someone else, you know, so it gives it's a lot of effort and energy, like being good at social media is its own skill. No, so no, but famous here's, people yeah. she also, hire someone all the time. She also had a tour to promote her creativity workshop, which she built as a tutorial to architect a life that feels really full and genuine and rich and beautiful. And apparently people like went to and they're like, holy shit, you, you're not actually the person behind all your posts and they got scanned that way. So it was just like, first of all, it was, it wasn't really you who was writing these posts. It was this girl that like felt compelled to follow you around the world because you were this rich girl. And, and she was the one that was creative and writing all these pieces. And, but you were getting all the credit on all the clout really. And then you tried to monetize it and have these tutorials and things when you actually weren't the expert, but it was already so late into the game that she just had to go through with it. And it's like, what the actual hell? Like, how did it, I'm just always like, how did it get this far? What are you doing with your life? I almost wanted to shake this girl. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And she wrote like, you know, like these amazing captions about her adventures and and everything. And and she had a big book deal. Like, do you see what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't just about being an influencer. She got all these opportunities based on a lie, based yeah. on a ghost that wasn't her. And and I'm and I'm just like, I'm like shocked. This girl just like just couldn't put it down, like didn't realize there could be an end, the, the panic that you were talking about. And then at the same time, it's like the other girl who was her ghostwriter, Natalie, it's like, oh my God, like this consumed your life. Yeah. Like that makes me kind of sad, you know? And, I, know. I heard, I mean, I some of this, right. And I'm not like being devil's advocate or trying to defend her or anything, but it is like a a very it's a gray area because so much of what we see and consume on social media is kind of manufactured artifice anyway right like mm-hmm. everybody has become their own publicist i uh, was thinking about this this weekend because i walked past someone on the street who was talking on the phone and complaining to her friend about a mutual friend of theirs and mm-hmm. i always listen in when people are having phone conversations <laughs> It's in public, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but she was saying, she's like, I can't believe you. Like, I guess this woman and her boyfriend uh, drove to Vermont. I think they like didn't they didn't ski. They didn't snowboard or anything, but they drove to Vermont, rented skis and snowboards, rode the chairlift all the way to the top of the mountain so that they could take a picture on top mm-hmm. of the mountain with their skis and snowboard to post on 
social media and then just rode the chairlift back down and drove home. So it was like, you know, an all day affair, eight hours round trip or whatever, paid for the lift ticket, paid for the rentals just to get a photograph of them ostensibly skiing or snowboarding so that they could put it online. Right. I mean, that's pretty minor. Essentially, that's like a victimless scam. And it's kind of an extreme example, but it's very similar to what people are doing all the time. Right. I mean, we, this has become the cliche about social media is like people are like sad about their lives and not really doing anything interesting, but they find a way to create content that um, is like personal propaganda to make their lives look more interesting. You know, I think this, in a lot of ways, this, at least this specific example grows out of that impulse where it's like, there is such a separation between what's happening in real life um, and what's happening in social media that it's easier to kind of separate those things and be like, Oh, that's not real. You know? I mean, they also like, what kills me about this girl, right? Like they compared her to like a one woman fire fest because she started to her workshop, $165 a head. Like, and then, and then she said, we're going to have orchid crowns and cooked salad. And, you know, when she got mason jar and like, she really used her platform to promote this. I mean, people showed up and was like, this is not real. And I'm just like, first of all, all of you are dummies for paying $165 a head for this thing. But also like, and, and like, and like, um, this is, this is not always stuff that can be like criminalized. I don't think she actually got in genuine trouble. Yeah. So I'm like, do you see how people can then really go, go in and create these scams all the time? This happens all the time, but I really like the really, really, um, crazy ones because it's like damn the snowballed there was one that i got really obsessed with because they it was this girl this this youtube influencer person who uh was supposed to go to this uh vidcon in like los angeles and she'd got yes did you watch that documentary on youtube my friends were about to crazy What is it? I, I don't know about it. Tell me. So, 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 so Tana Mo, Mojo, I don't know her last name, but um, she's like this YouTube person who like has this really big personality. Um, she, there's a VidCon event in, in I think LA that's once a year and they invite like all like the YouTube people, people who are like big on YouTube and they go and they can like meet their fans and stuff. And one of the years she was invited to go, she, there was some beef between her and the people who who um, who were um, who were there, and she got basically thrown out of the con. And she was so upset, she was so mad about it, about everything that had happened after that point. She decided to put on her own con called TanaCon, and there was a website. There was like different things you could choose, like if you want to meet her, blah 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 blah. Hella people showed up, and she and she scheduled this to happen during video uh, vidcon so there are th- there are her fans in this tiny ass hotel and then there's this other convention down the block that's that's bigger and obviously um done in a way where it fits everybody but hella people came to hers and it was just like chaotic people were outside burning in the sun for like hours they basically spent all this money on nothing and at the end of the whole situation It was run by this really young dude who was like, didn't have a shit together, didn't have anything. It was big. And I don't, it was, it was, it was a mess. (laughs) It was this horrible, horrible, horrible mess. And it was just so sad because she like had, like, they were just these young 
young folks who like really want to like express themselves and like do something and like and like see their fa- see her fans and it just blew up like a yep, yep. bomb it was bad <laughs> he knew that it couldn't fit more than maybe 3k and so she gave she it was it was free but if you wanted vip access it was 60 dollars yeah. So to this day, people are like, I still haven't gotten my refund. I literally got third degree burns and she won't, she apologized for it because Shane Dawson did a whole documentary on it, like trying to like redeem her and, you know, people were canceling her. But there was like clips of her saying like, like, they're like, oh, it can only feel like 2000. She's like, well, let's just get like 3000 to 4000. Like, you know, like we all have to wait like outside. It's fine. Like, and she like knew that it couldn't fit. She was very aware yeah. of that. Everything mess. And then and they didn't have actually food for them or water. And it was just like, my God. And it's like, again, it's like yeah. cancel culture and she's fine now. She has a show on MTV. Yeah. She <laughs> she's got a big personality. She could talk her way out of anything. I'm still waiting for Ja Rule's comeback. Yeah. You know, Ja Rule needs a redemption tour, doesn't yeah. he? <laughs> Uh, I don't know. No, I heard I not know. too long ago that he was planning to uh, another music festival. Yes, I heard about that, and it, which also also might be fake because certain artists are like, I never signed up for this thing. Why am I in the flyer? Da, 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 da. And he's on it too. It should be a major red flag in the first. It was like friend, family, and friends tour or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah. Or lovers well, and friends. I don't know. Who's your like Who's that. your family? What, what are you? What, it's just you and Ashanti, right? I mean, who else? <laughs> Who else is rolling with Char Rule? I don't know. Well, Snoop Dogg got it, and he messaged someone who was saying they weren't sure if they were included in this. And he was like, "Oh, sis, hit me up. Da, 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 da. What we got you? We got you." And I was like, "Is this is this just another big like ridiculous scam? With like now you got Snoop Dogg in on this? <laughs> don't you dare scam Snoop Dogg! Don't you dare!" Um, Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know. I find it entertaining, but I'm also like, maybe maybe this is just like the perks of, I don't know, being older, but I'm like very interested in like the names behind the investing. If you asked me to read this stuff now, I'd be like, whoa, that sucks. But now I'm like, now who funded this and what company? And you just, it's also just really good cocktail conversation stuff, you know? So yeah. I, you also just come off as so knowledgeable when you do this. So I love feeling knowledgeable <laughs> so you're you're like a you're, you're like a scam splainer is that like, I like, oh, yeah. I like <laughs> invite me on your show as a scam expert yeah yeah like like one how do we know we're not being scammed what if you're not an actual scam expert and we're being scammed right now <laughs> meta scam a scam about scams whatever russell you like scammers apparently you don't think anything's wrong with them like, that's fine it's, it's, who it's, said it's i like thing. scammers i didn't say i like women you seemed okay with the other chick. Who? <laughs> the with the ghostwriter. Like you seemed. You, so that was okay. I mean, I, I don't know enough like about it to was say wrong definitively. With no, 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 no. I just think like there's a big difference between like collecting millions of dollars and making medical claims that you can't deliver on. Um, from I think that's a different thing from having someone manage your account and you know, do a little bit of a shuffle about how responsible you are for your social media account. I'm not saying I'm okay with it. I just think we have to make like a bracketing system. You know what I mean? Like what's the, what's the, what level of scam are you at? Like white collar and blue collar. You won't like, 
No, I just feel like there's the level of social media scam. There's the basement of social media scam, which is like you are in the midst of a crippling depression and a failing relationship, but you post like about going to like a nightclub and having a lot of fun. You know what I mean? That's like that's the the basement of scamming. And then I guess, you know, you get to the top and you got your your fire fests where, you know, you're collecting a bunch of money from people, putting people's gourmet uh, sandwiches in a tent. That's not really a tent. Putting people's lives (laughs) in danger uh, and not delivering on your promises. You know, there's just a range. That's all. And I'm I was interested in like having a little bit of an exploration of like where does the scam end right if you're a social media person who's scamming it's like your job is to kind of scam i mean it's like pr right like if you if you have a social media page like you're doing your own pr you are managing your own public relations campaign and you know public relations is like is a bit of a scam it's spin you know but it's it's propaganda you're putting out information to make yourself look good or whoever you're responsible for that's not evil you know, but it, I feel like once you're in that realm about being selective of what version of yourself you present to the world, um, I, I could see how it would make it easier to get a little greedy with uh, with your deception. That's all. I like contextualizing human behavior. You know, I, I don't like to dogpile on people, um, but that also puts me in uncomfortable positions sometimes where I'm like, oh, you know, is what they did so terrible? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I don't want to be. I don't want to be put down on the record as the person. As who's, your who's business partner, I'm concerned about your your POV right now. <laughs> <laughs> Deeply, because I want to. Because I want to give people the benefit of the doubt, and I want to understand their motivations before I cancel them. Is that that's no, alarming? No, I just feel like I don't know. I feel like there's more to this, more to it than that, but okay. I mean, I think it's my impulse. It's also probably has something to do with my professional life, like working, you know, in a public defender's office where we have all kinds of people accused of things. And so there's always more to the story. And I don't think that people should be judged by the worst thing they ever did. And I'd like to hear more. I, so I like Russell, to. Have you been scammed in your life by anything ever? Um, I yeah, I have been scammed. Not a tech scam, but um. I mean, this this wasn't really a scam. This was just like a couple kids, but I felt like I felt bad about it. So I was walking down the street uh, near Union Square in San Francisco, and I saw these like two young kids approaching people on the street and like asking them for help. And and everybody was kind of being rude to them. And I thought, you know, I was like, oh, that's messed up. Like these kids are obviously asking for help. I didn't know what they were asking for. Maybe like for a dollar or something, or you know. I, but I thought I'm gonna go talk to these kids. And, you know, they were nice kids that came up. They were like, oh, do you have change? Uh, low stakes here. Do you have change for a 10? Um, and I happened to have change for a 10. I was like, yeah, sure. What do you want? Five, two fives, five and five ones. So like, oh, whatever. We just need change. So I gave it to them and they gave me a $10 bill. And I, you know, I walked mm-hmm. away and I felt good about myself because I was like, oh, you know, everybody was ignoring those kids, making assumptions about them. It was kind of like not really late at night, but like a little bit late. And, you know, I just thought like I was the good person. Um, and then the next time I opened my wallet and looked at the $10 bill, I was like, oh, man, this is a, like not even a good counterfeit $10 bill. It was like just a piece of paper that somebody, you know, they had put like in an inkjet printer and printed the $10 bill on. Um, and I wasn't upset. I wasn't like, oh, damn, those kids got me. I think it was just because... Um, I thought that I was doing something nice, right? Like I felt like all self-righteous. Oh, these people on the street are so rude, not trying to help these kids out. And then it turns out like 
that was the smart thing to do. <laughs> the smart thing was to avoid these kids because they actually were uh, running a scam. But I went to, this kind of dates the story a little bit, but I went to Borders Books. I don't know if anybody remembers Borders. And I was I in line and I had this $10 bill and I was like, well, I don't want to, you know, be a counterfeiter. So I'm not going to try and pass this $10 bill off as my own. You know, that's like a pretty serious crime. But I want to see if they have one of those pens where they can mark, you know, like they, they have those counterfeit pens. So I got to the front of line. I was like, hey, I have this $10 bill. It doesn't look real to me. Like, you know, well, what do you guys think? Do you have one of those pens? I think they didn't have one of the pens. And they thought they were like, oh, no, this looks fine. So, you know, whatever, like magazine. So you scam borders? <laughs> I didn't scam borders. I told them. I was like, I don't think this looks real. You know, I'm not a currency expert. Um, and they felt comfortable taking it. So I don't know. I, I put it back into the economy. You know, part of me thought like, oh, I should use this. This should become kind of like a black market $10 bill. I should use this to like buy drugs or, you know, something illegal so that it could kind of like stay among the underworld. Um, and then I thought, well, wouldn't it be more fun to try and uh, pass it off at a big corporate bookstore? You know, um, Nila would be proud. Nila would be proud. Mom. Yeah. Why? Because she's she would always talk so much shit about those big chains and how she would like if she ever worked at like a small bookstore she would be like I'm sorry if she ever worked there she would try to make people go um to like a smaller bookstore I don't know she, we had a whole thing about this before. I can't remember what she said exactly but I feel like she would approve of that I mean I used to think that about corporate bookstores but that feels like such an old argument like because now Amazon is putting them out like when Borders went out of business I was like oh no Borders I have so many memories of going to Borders like and they used to be um this kind of like evil monolith because they were the mall bookstore but now mall bookstores are dead the mall is dead um, and everybody is buying stuff on the biggest scam of all, Amazon. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. That is the biggest scam of all, but we all buy into it because we're all idiots. At least I am. Hey, man, they got cheap stuff. <laughs> they got cheap stuff. I'm lazy. It shows up at my house a couple days later, you know. Uh, but yeah, I I mean, I guess that that's not like a very high stake scam, but I do think uh, early, very, very early on in the days of email, whenever like people, I was young, I was like a teenager. So when people would pass something around about like, Oh, you know, just those, the very basic scams about like, Oh, if you forward this to people, like we're doing a lottery and people are going to win money. I forwarded those, but those were victimless, right? It wasn't like, I didn't lose anything by doing it except just feeling like I was stupid, you know? Um, and I can't think of something bigger than that, that I've fallen victim to, honestly. I actually Um, replied to Nigerian email scams. I remember they were like, I'm really sick. Like, if you can just send me money. And I remember being like, being fifth or sixth grade. And this is my first email. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm only eight years old. Like, I really wish I could help get better though. <laughs> well, at least you were eight. You know, I was like, I was a teenager. You know, I'm like, I feel like an eight year old. <laughs> You're coming from a good place. Which, I mean, that's part of the problem. You know, there are like different kinds of ways to appeal to like human sensibilities in order to get a scam done. Like the most obvious one is greed. Right. And that's what all these like startup things are. It's like people are like, oh, wow, what a great uh, this is like profitable technology. If you're able to test blood, like I'm going to make money off of this. So people overlook, you know, um, Bernie Madoff was the same way. Like people were making so much money. They didn't ask any questions about like 
how they were doing it or whether it was sustainable. So greed is one. And then the other one that I think is even darker is um, because when it's greed, it's like the people who are getting scammed are people who are greedy. So it doesn't make it right, but it makes me feel a little bit more like, all right, well, you were greedy. Um, but the one that's really bad is when they appeal to human kindness, you know, yep. when when people say like, oh, can you help me out? Or, you know, like all people who, who get those like GoFundMe accounts for like they, they pretend to have cancer and go on a GoFundMe account. Like, that's terrible, man. That's got to be to me. That's like the lowest of the low. You know what I mean? Because people are going on GoFundMe and being like, oh, look, you know, this person has a terminal illness. I want to help them, you know, and even if they're only losing like $60 or something like that's that's a different kind of darkness, in my opinion. Yeah, you're appealing to people's like compassion and empathy. Exactly. Yeah. Trying. There are genuine GoFundMe's that like for everything now. I think there's like even articles on GoFundMe on like how to fundraise for funerals and the best way to do it and medical care. And I'm like, this is so damn. damn. <laughs> that try to use your fear against you to give money. Yeah. Oh yeah, like- that's true. Yeah, I I heard about that at work. A, a case of, I guess this is increasingly common, but it, it's called. It was like a revenge porn thing, but it wasn't like it wasn't someone in a relationship with someone. It was um, someone who was meeting people on dating sites, you know. <laughs> And then having them send like nude photographs and then he would do screen caps and save the pictures or whatever. And then right away say like, send me X amount of dollars or else I'm going to, you know, I like they would do a background Internet search. Because if you meet someone on a dating site, you at least know their name or you can find their Instagram or something. And they would say like, oh, I found your mom's Instagram. Some of these people were married. You know, I found your wife's. I have like naked pictures of you. I'm going to I'm going to send them to all your family members. Uh, That's pretty dark, man. That is like (laughs) that was like yeah that is some yeah that is some holy i didn't even know that that was a thing oh my goodness yeah i mean yeah i think when we think about revenge porn and because they the reason this person was being prosecuted is because there are new laws about stuff like that right like obviously those things didn't used to be possible um but now it's so common like people will break up they'll have nude pictures of them and they'll be mad at them so they'll release them or whatever and that's like i mean my god what a nightmare um yeah so it makes sense that they would put these laws in place but you know strangers not like it's justifiable (laughs) if it's an ex it's like probably worse if it's someone you know but um, people do a lot of really mean and inexcusable things when they're heartbroken. But like mm-hmm. trying to make like a hundred bucks off of threatening to destroy someone's life. It's like, Jesus, man. You know, yeah, why, don't yeah. you just, why don't you just rob people on the street like a normal person? <laughs> like, no, it's, that would it's, be, it's, that's my recommendation. But you know, I just, what I like. Great advice. Yeah. What I like about these like, like scam articles and just like the pieces they write on it. It's just how creative some of these people are. And I think, and it's just like, that you're so talented and like being charismatic. Like, I wish you put that to something that you could have done. Right. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. got to, like, they are really well thought out. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you can't just be like an idiot doing this, right? I mean, you end up screwing up later or you get, you get caught. But um, so like there is, so... One of the last ones that I wanted to talk about was um, her name is Anna Delvey, and she tricked New York into thinking that she was like New York's it girl. Um, but she's actually her real name is Anna Sorkin. Um, and so she basically like 
found a way to be charismatic and hang out with rich people and they basically funded her lavish life and yeah. like you might be like hey, whatever she took some people into giving her like dinner and handbags and whatever like isn't that love anyway yeah. <laughs> or dating right <laughs> but yeah. she thought she convinced everyone that she was like a german heiress and she mm-hmm convinced this company to give her like a few million dollars in loans to open up an art gallery like that's what i have a problem with it's yeah. like yeah like, rob the rich i don't care like holy shit and like and the fact again she got away with it she is this blue-eyed white woman you know and she would always yeah. the caption was maybe she had so much money she just lost track of it somebody had to <laughs> For Anna Delby's fabulous new life, the city was full of marks. And I'm like, dang. What <laughs> have to do that? Like, yeah. what's a girl got to do this lifestyle, you know? The only way I could do it is to say that I'm like some princess of Dubai. Like, I'm like limited in how I would say it, but she could say any, <laughs> you know? And it's like, yeah. what I love about reading about this is that like, she didn't come from wealth, but she acted like she did. And it's like, really, if you know how to talk and like, you know, present yourself and I don't know, like whatever it took, like she did it. And, and no one, you know, thought twice. And I'm like, that's really brilliant. Like imagine if she did that and she found, I don't know, opportunities for scholarships or college or investment opportunities for like actual real things. You yeah. know, but fake, you know, just, fake it till you make it. Literally, and but she was just, you know, and she wanted to go like an uh, art gallery, but you know, it's still. I mean, it's still. Well, I, I, I used to really like that movie, The Talented Mr. Ripley, um, mm. because he did something very similar. He was like, you know, kind of just a working class guy but was so intrigued by the world of the wealthy jet set that he pretended, you know, and he wasn't, you know, it's kind of a gray area. Obviously it's a fictional story, but it's kind of a gray area and it ends with a murder. So murder is pretty unambiguously bad, (laughs) but uh, his initial impulse was just like, I just want to hang out with these people. Like I want to be, you know, it's kind of like uh, the little mermaid, you know, she wants to be a part of their world. And I yep. think that's kind of a human impulse, especially when you live like in a like a rigid class structure where it's like unimaginable that you could move in these circles. But if you can train yourself to talk a certain way, um, there's also that was uh, Will Smith's first movie, uh, Six Degrees of Separation. It was another that one came out a long time ago in the 90s. But he did the same thing. He infiltrated these kind of like wealthy homes. Um and just because he wanted to hang out with people and learn about art and go to fancy parties, you know, mm-hmm. and once they found out about it, they were actually more intrigued than anything else. They didn't feel like they'd been betrayed. They just thought they were, they were kind of flattered that somebody would pretend, pretend so that they could hang out with them, which, you know, yeah. is different as you're saying than raising money for an art gallery and then getting out of town. scamming. Our new game plan should be that we need to get you in a situation where you can you can find rich people who like you and we can scam them to fund Quest on. I think that's our mm. I think that's what works best. I mean mm. you're already the face. You might you as mean, well I use mean, your personality. Isn't that isn't that just what nonprofits do anyway? Isn't that kind of like the nonprofit model? <laughs> I mean, you know, go, go, go to a room no. full of rich people and tell them what you do and have them give you money. It, it's not really a scam. It's just like, you know, uh, it's, it's an exchange. 
Yeah, like when people give you money for tax tax breaks, tax benefits. That's a scam. So we'll get on it. Go. Yeah. All right. I like this model. You heard it here first, folks. If you ever find yourself in a room and I'm up there with my hat in my hand asking for money, this is this is where the idea started. <laughs> yeah. It's a thin we'll line be between scam. It's a thin line between scam and fundraising. I think it's I think well, it's safe to say. Well, maybe if I use the word scam, you'll be more yeah. likely to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It'll seem more so, fun to me. Everything we're doing is perfectly legal, but I'm intrigued because it's a scam. You call it a scam. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, capitalism is a scam. We so you know, like for example, like the more I work and the more I get to know different people, I'm always like observing and like trying to see how they live different lives. And it's like, I don't know, like don't we all do that in our own lives? Like befriend people who are different from us because we want like insight. Like for me, it was at least in college and now is like I didn't know a lot of white kids growing up, so I just kind of watch them and how they live their life and picked up some things that I agreed with, you know? And so, and, but at some extent you have to like kind of be similar enough that they would want to hang out with you. Even if that kind of meant faking it to made it. But like yeah, I mean, little by little. people do that in any group of friends where you just kind of like mirror the culture, you know, isn't that, that's what mean girls was all about. You know, there wasn't really a racial element there, but there was, even if you're infiltrating a, a popular, you have to adopt the trappings. You have to use the same language. I mean, that was yeah. me at Yo my first year. Yeah. <laughs> you just mirror human behavior. That's oh, what. Until I clicked. Yeah. That's yeah. it's a biological socializing behavior. You know, yep. um, our our biology is a scam. Life is a scam, really. Life is a scam. What's you know, we're living in a simulation, so what what does it matter? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, we're all living in the matrix, as we know. Um, all right, I want to thank you for coming on, Katiba. I love this topic. I want to revisit it regularly, especially now that we've kind of blurred the line between technology and capitalism itself and scams. It could be a regular feature. There's no shortage of examples. Um, so yeah, I, I want to White House. <laughs> yeah, seriously. The Democratic National Party. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> biggest scam of all right now sorry different topic i can't different we'll we'll pick that up it's a good segue to our our next episode i assume which will be after super tuesday um all right i want to thank everybody for listening uh i want to thank katiba for being here and bringing us this topic we'll keep talking about scams we'll revisit it in future episodes uh and i want to thank eming for always being the voice of reason, chiming in at the right time, keeping us sounding good. Voice of reason? I told you to go scam people. I don't think I'm not the voice of reason. Scams can be reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Thanks again to our listeners. Until next time, quest on, everybody. This episode of Quest On Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.